Thank you and welcome to Ask BBB, a weekly program produced by the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Chris Lafoy. Chris is the operations manager with BBB serving Western Ontario. And Ask BBB brings you information from and about accredited businesses so that as a consumer, you're better informed about goods and services you purchase or contract. And Chris, here we are on Boxing Day. Yes, it's hard to believe that December 25th has come and gone. Later this morning, we'll look at BBB tips on post-holiday shopping. And this is the time of year people make resolutions for the new year. And one resolution we hope some people make is to improve their driving habits and skills. And we'll be joined later by Diana Gazelle, who has been training drivers for four decades. Since last March, when COVID locked us all down, we all wanted to get away from it all. Travel is still restricted in many parts of the world. To explore what is possible and the precautions in place, we welcome our first guest this morning, Marion Bolton of Sell Off Vacations. Good morning and welcome to Ask BBB, Marion. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. So what are the possibilities in terms of travel right now? Well, there are several possibilities. Uh, clients are traveling to places like Mexico, the Mayan Riviera, Puerto Vallarta, Los Cabos, Dominican Republic, mainly to Punta Cana, Jamaica, Cuba. There's three areas pretty well open in Cuba, Coco, Hogin, and Veradero. However, they do have to quarantine for 14 days when they return to Canada. So the people that are traveling either are retired and don't have to report to a job after they've traveled or they work from home. So they can do their 14 day quarantine. And I've seen a real increase in people traveling within Canada, mainly out west, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. Also the uh, snowbirds that are not able to drive to Florida are now flying to places like Tampa, Orlando, and Fort Lauderdale. Some destinations require cautions in terms of safety regarding health and personal security. Um, so, you know, to avoid infections from water or food or, um, you know, putting oneself at risk because of robberies or muggings. Are there any added precautions to stay safe from COVID? Absolutely. The destinations as well have their protocols in place. And of course, it's the same thing as the airports. They wear masks in the common areas. They maintain social distancing. Again, frequent the hand sanitizing stations uh, at the resorts, during the transfers, and at the airports. All the uh, destinations require an info uh, questionnaire that has to be filled out upon arrival. Questions on this questionnaire regarding COVID, for example, uh, some of the questions are, have you had COVID? Do you have a fever? Have you been in contact with anyone who has had COVID? They are constantly taking temperatures. In Cuba, they are doing rapid COVID tests for all travelers, asking them to stay masked until the results have uh, come back. Usually they're back within 24 hours. That's the uh, feedback that we're getting back from our customers who are go who are traveling. Marion, do some of the uh, countries have different protocols in terms of what they require before you go? Uh, 
Yes, some of the countries uh, do require a negative COVID test, 72 hours, I believe, of travel, and you can now get those done. Uh, places like Costa Rica, Aruba, uh, if you were to go to Portugal, you need a negative COVID test. And then other countries, as you enter, they are doing rapid COVID tests. Are some of the uh, flights, uh, like chartered flights, so that it, would everybody on that uh, flight have had a negative test before you go out? Not necessarily, no. Only if you're going to Cuba, um, no, because people don't need a negative test. If you're going to Aruba, yes, everybody on the plane would have had to have negative COVID test. So what are people saying when they return from vacation, Marion? So when, when clients are returning, they're telling us that they have never felt so safe at the resorts. The uh, staff all wear masks and gloves. Uh, the resorts have never been so clean. Uh, they just, uh, they, they really felt very relaxed and very comfortable at the resorts. So how has all of this changed the uh, booking procedures that you help people go through, uh, Marion? Does it change the timeline and, and uh, how does it affect the whole planning procedure? You know, um, clients are, are the, the clients that are booking want to go away. They're basically booking last minute. When they see a great price, they'll call in. And uh, the reason why they're booking last minute is because some flights with some tour operators and airlines are not able to be filled up. So they're canceling the flights and putting them on a different flight. So I think the trend right now is to book last minute. So talking about sell-off vacations, how, how does sell-off vacations differ from other travel agencies um, and online booking services? So we're a full-service travel agency, right? We have brick-and-mortar agencies right across Canada. We've, we've not closed due to COVID. We've maintained uh, staff throughout that time. Um, we do have a call center based in Toronto. And of course, the online booking engine um the online booking engine of course is is down in sales and that's normal right now our advertising is very aggressive on the online booking uh they're trying to refer people to call uh, branches has this changed uh, and impacted insurance and all of the things that you need uh when you go on a trip it, it has it has a bit Right now, all the tour operators uh, like Sunwing and Air Canada and Transat, they are offering a COVID insurance for free if a client contracts COVID in destination. They have up to $200,000 that will allow them any medical uh, treatments, hospitalization, etc. If somebody contracted COVID while on vacation, mm -hmm. Would they have to stay there or would they be flown back or what would happen? It depends on the severity of the case. They will fly them back under this 
policy, but they will keep them there. This insurance will cover them up to 21 days. If they come in the office, we can go through all the different countries that they can and cannot go to. Lots of information available. Well, Marion, thank you very much for taking time with us this morning to uh, give us some insight into the possibilities for travel. And we'll hope that in 2021, we're all mm-hmm. able to do a, a lot more traveling. Thanks very much. I certainly much. hope so. Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks very Thank much very and uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Jim. Safe travels. Marion Bolton of Salaf Vacations has been our guest and Salaf Vacations is an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A plus rating. Search the BBB directory under Travel Agency to learn more and to connect with them. And we are signaling now that we are pulling over for a break. We will return in a moment and talk about the perfect driver. And we're back. I'm Jim Swan with co-host Chris Lavoie. Chris is the uh, operations manager with BBB serving Western Ontario. Well, the holidays are here and New Year's is just ahead. We were talking about travel before the break and we continue to talk about travel as we welcome Diana Gazelle, a driving instructor with Western Driving Academy. Welcome, Diana. Good morning. Before the break, we said we would talk about the perfect driver. You've been a training you've been training drivers for over 40 years. Is there actually such a person? Well, I don't think there is such a thing as the perfect driver. Everybody has bad habits, and it's just being aware of our habits and trying to change some of our bad habits. But I don't think we have such a thing as a perfect driver. What is the most common driver error that you see on our streets and roadways? Well, we have a very uh, a great amount of aggressive driving these days on the road, but I think one of the biggest things that I see is people still following too closely. What What is the uh, rule of thumb then to know whether you are uh, following too closely or not? Well, if you are following another driver under ideal conditions, you should have minimum two seconds between you and the car in front of you. If conditions are not ideal, if it's rain or snow, you should be at least minimum four to six seconds between you and the car in front of you. You pick a fixed object on the side of the road, and when the rear end of the vehicle in front of you passes it, you should count it out. One, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand. If you can say that and you haven't passed that object, you know you're not tailgating another driver. So this is stuff that, you know, obviously um, would be involved in a new driver education. What other things would be part of the course um, in part of the classroom in car driving training? Well, just being aware, making sure that drivers are checking their mirrors constantly, checking their blind spot. Other words, not changing direction without looking over their shoulder, whatever direction they're moving, making sure they check the blind spot to make sure there's no one beside their vehicle. Many accidents today on the roads are because people look in the mirrors only and go over and they hit the driver beside them. Are there techniques that are taught in the corporate instruction that might not be part of the general driving course? Um, not, not really a different technique. I think it's just pointing out awareness of like what a defensive driver is, that you should be aware of other people's actions and adjusting your driving conditions that are with us every time we drive a car. There are six conditions as far as the defensive driving program. And if we don't adjust to those conditions, nine times out of 10, there's a collision happens. So it's just making them aware. What are some of those six conditions? Well, your first one is light, adjusting to light. As we know right now at this time of year, at about 4.30, quarter to five, if you're heading west, 
you're totally blinded. It's very hard to see the driver in front of you if their brake lights are on because the sun is so bright as you're driving into it. So it's adjusting, keeping more space because that way you'll have more time to see, are they on the brake, right? It's, uh, you know, just common sense type of things, but not always do we use the common sense when it comes to driving. So is there a time when we should consider either, you know, maybe we've been driving for a couple of years already, um, considered a driving driver improvement or an assessment course? Well, I think most of the time as we age, we should be more aware of some of our bad habits and realize that if we have to go in for a road test, it could be a problem. Like there's many licensed drivers on the road today that have no idea that if they're involved in a motor vehicle collision and they're 70 years of age or older and they're at fault in the collision, they are coming in for a full G test which is the written vision freeway driving test. And a lot of drivers are not aware of that. They think it all starts at 80, but it does start at 70. If you're involved in a motor vehicle collision and you're at fault, you will be coming in for that full testing. And what's involved in the testing at uh, 80 years of age? Well, when you're at 80, you go to a senior session, you do the written test, you do the vision test, and when you go to the senior session, it's like a little mini defensive driving course. And if you do well in the session, then normally a road test is not required. If there's a health reason, there could be a road test. But normally for most seniors, if they do well in the session, there's no road test required. You know, we, we go uh, to see our doctor uh, and other people to make sure that we're fit. Uh, I wonder if we should uh, have an assessment to just reconfirm for ourselves that we are okay as drivers, no matter what our age. Yes, the unfortunate part is normally they do the assessment when there's a medical problem. At that point, then the assessment is done, where it maybe should be done, or we should all maybe self do it ourselves. Go come in and say, okay, let me have a driving lesson and see how well I do on the road. And I do get licensed drivers will call up and say, I want to go out for a couple of hours to build up my confidence to make sure I'm doing things properly, just in case the day comes that I do have to be tested. If I have bad habits, let me get rid of them now, right? Instead of the day that, you know, that I have that road test and find out. So, because I get many seniors that get into trouble. And of course, when they do the road test, they don't pass it and they're in shock because they've driven for 40 or 50 years. They've never had an accident. They've never had a ticket and they can't understand that they failed this road test. But nine times out of 10 with senior drivers, they fail their road test for two reasons. They drive too slow and they don't check their blind spots. They rely on mirrors only. That's the biggest reason for a failure on a senior test. Uh, as, as we approach the uh, new year, Diana, what is, what is the strongest message you'd want to give to drivers out there? Well, I think the biggest message we have to say is the season that's going to be coming on us, and we've already had some of it already, is to be aware of your, uh, the conditions that you're going to deal with out there, your weather, your lights, your traffic, the road, your vehicle, make sure it's in good condition, ready for the winter driving. If you have snows, if you haven't got them on, make sure to get them on and just be aware and start adjusting because if not, as I say, that's what leads to most collisions. People forget 
that it takes a lot longer to get to where you want to go now with this season coming up and they get in their car in the morning and they start rushing off and of course you can't get there fast when you don't have that kind of traction on the road you have snow and it takes longer to warm up the car and get everything ready so just allow yourself a lot more time and keep your space on the road well we'll hope that uh Everyone has a safe 2021, and we want to thank you, Diana, for your time here this morning on Ask BBB. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Diana Gazelle has been helping people become better drivers for 40 years and is an instructor with Western Driving Academy. Western Driving Academy is an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. Boxing Day means a lot of shopping. When we return, we'll talk about happy returns. And we are back with more on Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Chris Lavoie. Chris is the operations manager with BBB serving Western Ontario. So, Chris, this is the season of happy returns, we hope. Yeah, and one thing to do to help make the return of goods is to check with the store's company policy uh, when you make a purchase. Are stores required to make refunds or, or to accept exchanges? So no, they're not legally required to now, unless the merchandise was defective or misrepresented. Having said that, most retailers do offer some kind of refund or exchange program. Policies are different from store to store, and you know we do hope that people check out the return policy before they make their purchase. Um, especially if people are shopping now on Boxing Day, you need to make sure you check out the return policy. A lot of retailers are they have different policies, especially during COVID nineteen pandemic. So. It's really important to ask. So I guess we want to make it a practice to ask, just in case we need to return this, what is your policy? Eh? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, find out how it works. A lot of retailers print their return policy on the back of the receipt or they post it somewhere in the stores. Um, you know, sometimes there may be a restocking fee. Um, they may offer cash refunds, exchanges. Sometimes they only offer store credit. Um, one thing to keep in mind with, with all of this is that, you know, a written policy trumps a verbal policy. So, you know, a staff member could kind of say one thing, but what's written is what the store is going to need to adhere to. Okay. What if we're shopping online, Chris? Yeah, so, I mean, before you click that buy button, you know, you're going to want to search out the return policy. Um, you know, most websites are going to easily and conspicuously post their, their return policy. So look to see if they, you know, if they accept returns or exchanges um, and what they do. Do they, do they pay for the shipping charges? Do you have to pay for the shipping to be returned? Um, there are some situations where you bought the item online, you could still return it to the retailer's brick and mortar store. So there's a lot of different options. Well, we mentioned earlier that if the item is defective, uh, a return must be accepted. Yeah, so, you know, most um, electronics, home appliances, and larger items, I mean, they're going to have some sort of warranty. Um, in, the case, in this case, you should check to see if the warranty will be fulfilled by the manufacturer or by the retailer. Um, ask how the warranty will be handled and if, if something stops working or needs replacement parts. Will the retailer ship the item to the manufacturer or will that be up to you? We keep receipts for everything we buy and, and we even save the boxes for a lot of items and it, it, it has proven to be an advantage when the item needs to be returned. Yeah, well, I mean, most stores will only accept returns and exchanges if you could present the item with, its, uh, with the receipt and the original packaging. In the case of gifts, get a gift receipt, hold on to receipts that you get. So I've got the receipt, the original package. Is there anything else that I need? 
I wouldn't you, normally you take your ID. A lot of stores are going to ask for your ID. Um, you're also going to want to have the original form of payment. Uh, another reason to check out the store's policy when you're making that purchase is um, to make sure to see if they're going to need the original form of payment. Um, and if the gift giver gave you a gift, you may need them to come along with you to make the return. Okay. Is there a time limit on returns? So uh, almost all returns, I mean, almost all return or refund or exchange policies have some kind of specific time period. So whether it's 30, 60, 90 days from purchase, it's ultimately up to each individual location or store. Um, so don't miss the deadline. I mean, deadlines are there for a reason. If you do need to return something, do it as soon as you can. There is one exception to that rule. Uh, obviously, some stores will not accept returns on Boxing Day. Um, so you're not going to do many returns today, and we want to wish everybody happy shopping here on this Boxing Day. Yeah, most people will be shopping today, not returning, absolutely. so. Well, let's hope it's all happy returns when it does happen. And Chris, that's Absolutely. our time for Ask BBB this time around. Thanks for listening. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Chris Lavoie. Remember, Ask BBB. And start with trust.